Welcome to the Market Leaders Podcast, where you'll find valuable business development and marketing insights from legal innovators. Hello, and welcome back to the Market Leaders Podcast. I'm David Ackert, and I'm here with Emily Bates-Wallachuk, who's the Director of Marketing and Business Development at Lightfoot, Franklin & White. Emily has over 15 years of experience in client relations and communications in the professional services and publishing areas. Emily, great to have you with us. Thank you very much. We were going to talk a little bit about organizing business development around your strategic plan. But before we dive into that, I'd love to hear a few introductory words about yourself and your firm. Absolutely. So my name is Emily Wallachuk, and I have been in legal marketing and communications for roughly 15 years now. Um, At the start of my career, I was in publishing, transitioned into legal marketing in 2006. I am now with Lightfoot Franklin & White. It's a boutique litigation firm based in Birmingham, Alabama. And before that, I was with two mid-sized regional firms, um, also headquartered in Birmingham, Alabama. I was with Bradley. And then prior to that, I was with Cerodian Permit. Very good. So now you find yourself at Lightfoot, Franklin & White. And this firm, while it is a smaller firm, has gone through the strategic planning process. So that's pretty impressive. Not uh, all firms in your category get around to doing that. And it sounds like it has defined your thinking in your first year in your role at the firm. Can we talk a little bit about how it's done so? Absolutely. So the law firm went through a strategic planning process, as you mentioned. As a result of that planning process, they decided to hire someone to assist them with business development and marketing on a full-time basis. My first few months here, of course, I got to know the attorneys and you know everyone who works here at the law firm, but I really began to familiarize myself with the strategic plan and the goals that they had set forth, and I built our business development and marketing plan around that. Because it was a new position, I also had to do a lot of just foundational work, and I would describe my first 18 months here really as just kind of building the foundation. So that involved, you know, building a team, establishing processes, We also opened a new office in Houston, so that consumed a good bit of my time trying to get all those attorneys onboarded and also helping promote the new office um, in the Houston and Birmingham markets. Things like developing non-billable codes um, for the attorneys to use and also for the marketing staff to use. So there was just a lot of uh, legwork, I think, that went in, you know, the first year in 2017 primarily. And some of that also involved and continues to involve just a cultural change here at the law firm. I think that the attorneys want to become intentional about developing business and marketing. It's a fairly young law firm. They were founded in 1990, and a lot of the attorneys are fairly younger in age. It's very nimble. It's very entrepreneurial. That can be really refreshing. Like, for instance, I was in a meeting last week with some of my supervising attorneys and a new idea came forth during the course of the meeting. And it was refreshing because they said, you know, well, let's just do this. We'll present it at our meeting next week, but let's just go ahead and get going on this particular initiative. Previous experiences, there have been committees that you've had to go through. So not that that's necessarily a bad thing. It's just things can move pretty quickly here. And um, it can just be very infectious and energizing. And I think that's also part of the cultural change. Well, it sounds really encouraging that you're at a firm where it recognizes that culture precedes execution of the plan. So often, uh, the culture gets in the way of the implementation of a strategic plan. In fact, it can get in the way of the strategic planning happening at all. And the fact that your partners 
have the objective of being more intentional with business development is uh, really an impressive dynamic to find yourself in. And I can appreciate how with that foundation, a lot can get done. That is right. Absolutely. So the strategic plan itself has an emphasis on client feedback. That's really interesting, again, at a firm of your size to be putting a priority on getting feedback from the clients in a formal process. I'm curious, why that first before anything else? I mean, most strategic plans, you know, have their objectives, their strategies, the champions, there's a certain go-to-market targeting, uh, prospect targeting component, but not you guys. You've put feedback first. Tell us why. You know, cross-selling is one of the components of the strategic plan. And after talking here internally, we just decided we should ask the clients. So that also goes hand in hand with client feedback programs being the number one method of client retention. So we went through a training process. We decided to do the client feedback initiative here internally. So a consultant worked with us to train a handful of the attorneys on best practices for conducting the client feedback. And I was also trained on that. And so last year we conducted, I believe it was eight interviews, received the feedback. It was very positive. I mean, of course, there's always things that we can work on, but the attorneys really enjoyed it. And I think that also helps with selling business development and marketing throughout the firm and influencing the culture because we would report on those results at the attorney meetings. In 2018, one of the things that we want to build upon with the client feedback is really following up with the client, following up in regards to the feedback that the client has given us. Um, And I want to become much more um, proactive in that regard in helping the attorneys, um, you know, with whatever was revealed during that interview process, helping them deliver to the client, either if it's an improvement, if it's a process change, whatever it is, just for my team to be more deliberate about helping the attorneys with those results. Another component of your strategic plan involves proposals. Now, your RFP win rate, you shared with me earlier, is pretty impressive. How do you explain your success and your upward trend? Well, you know, David, that's a great question. And I think a lot of that has to do with the particular industries in which we are pitching clients or responding to RFPs. Um, again, part of the strategy is to select, you know, three to four industries that we want to become really well-versed in. So attending conferences, attorneys speaking about that particular topic or writing about that topic, and really learning how to service clients in these particular arenas. So the pitching that the attorneys did and the RFP responses really fall in line with those particular industries, the core industries that we Um, decided to really focus on in our business development and marketing efforts, I would attribute all of that to the success rate. Is that industry focus also a part of your firm's strategic plan? Yes, it is. Well, that makes sense. Again, I really commend you on aligning your business development and marketing initiatives to the plan so seamlessly. It sounds like you've really figured out how to uh, have one be very much the extension of the other. Well, thank you. I think, you know, a lot of credit should be given to the attorneys as well. They they were really hungry for business development and to have a marketing business development team to help them with their goals. Um, I think there's just a lot of energy on their part and they've 
definitely bought into the idea of um, developing more business, um, better servicing, serving their clients. Um, and I think the client feedback program also goes hand in hand with that. So I think that I'm just fortunate enough to work with a really great team of attorneys who want to be doing this. And they like the firm. They they love um, their peers. They have a lot of fun together. It makes my job a lot easier. It really helps drive the um, BD marketing process. Yeah. Well, so often we see firms either being opportunistic in their marketing and business development, not that there's anything wrong with that, but it tends to just be uh, a continuation of what has always worked or what they think has always worked in the past, uh, or it's just a, well, the other firms our size are doing X, we should do X. But what you've done here is really taken a much more thoughtful approach, kind of step back and say, okay, what are the industries we're going after? Let's start with our clients. Uh, let's use their feedback to define how we move forward. We really want to be intentional. Uh, we want to shift the culture so that everyone is moving forward in a proactive way. We have the right level of enthusiasm. You used the word nimble earlier, which I think is really important in change management. So a lot of the right ingredients here. Let's look ahead. How do you see business development initiatives playing out as you proceed into 2019, 2020, and beyond? I think we will continue to build upon the client feedback program, um, but I also want to begin working a little bit more closely with the attorneys on um, industry teams, which we've already talked about industries somewhat, but also their individual business development plans. Each of the attorneys have um, crafted these, but I want to be um, a little bit more hands-on with them to help them. I also want to work a little bit more closely with the associates. So um, one of my goals is to develop an associate training program, even you know, just informal lunch meetings just to go over various topics that I think would help them in developing their contacts, really building their network. I think sometimes the phrase business development can be a little daunting for a, a younger attorney, but I really believe it's all about developing one's network listening to people, listening to their peers or um, lawyers who they went to law school with, just maintaining those contacts over time, I think that can definitely help the younger attorneys as they begin to think about more business development. So continuing with the client feedback, associate training, um, the industry teams. I also, 2019-2020, um, want to begin focusing a little bit more on our CRM Currently, it's just um, very basic. We use it for as a mailing list management tool at this point, but I think it would be nice to use a CRM program to really track business development efforts. So that's something a little bit further in the horizon. And another thing that we're really emphasizing is diversity, especially in our recruiting efforts. And I think that that will continue to be emphasized. Well, that makes a lot of sense as a next phase in this process investing in the next generation, investing in technology and diversity. So that certainly follows through the thoughtful approach that you've taken to date. Let's talk about you for a moment, Emily. We've talked quite a bit about your firm, but where do you go for innovation and ideation? How do you keep yourself intentional, this word that we've used a few times, and, and enthusiastic and excited about your role? You know, I find the Legal Marketing Association to be an extremely valuable tool um, and also just our Birmingham group 
it's a smaller group and we all know each other very well and we exchange ideas and, you know, even just the listservs that the LMA has, it's great to read people post questions a good bit. So it's a really nice sense of community. I also attend a PRSA, which is the Public Relations Society of America, their meetings. I learn a good bit about just what other um, companies outside of law firms are doing with their marketing efforts. Um, so I would say those are the two primary ways that I gather inspiration, but it's really also just talking to my peers and hearing what they're doing, especially at the larger firms. I have a question for you. Do you find the extra industry information, in other words, external to legal, that you pick up in PRSA to be translatable to law firms? So often when uh, I go to programs that are oriented around other industries, I find that while at a very high level, some of the principles can be applied in legal, many of them get lost in translation just because we are in such a unique environment working with lawyers and, you know, with their issues and their challenges. What have you found? You know, I would agree with you to to a large extent, David. I think that it is often very challenging to translate what companies are doing to what law firms have to do with our marketing and business development efforts. I find, you know, the programming that the PRSA offers, it's nice just to hear what other companies are doing. It just furthers my education and my learning and that I think it helps me just to hear what other people are doing in other industries outside of the legal arena staying in touch with um, marketing professionals outside of this industry. It can be helpful in that regard. That makes perfect sense. Well, Emily, I sure appreciate you sharing your thoughts and some of the good work that you're doing at Lightfoot, Franklin & White. Once again, this is the Market Leaders Podcast. I'm David Ackert. My guest today has been Emily Wallace-Shuck. Emily, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you very much, David. Thank you for listening to the Market Leaders Podcast. For more business development resources, visit ackertinc.com.